0: welcome to brazen education with educator barnes a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth being transparent to help others and having no shame about it because we can't move forward until the truth is known all right welcome to another episode of brazen education this episode is called why teachers leave the classroom and how to get them to stay Today, I have a special guest, Diamond Malone Gilbert. Um, she is um, a good friend of mine, but also an excellent educator. And those of you who follow my writing, you know that I am very picky about who um, I say is a good educator. Uh, she is uh, she just recently had hired a, a Circle City Prep. She is their manager of literacy and early interventions. Um, so this is Diamond. And I I want to tell you guys how we actually met. So most of you guys know that for the majority of my career, I was an English language arts teacher. So for the first eight years, all I did was teach middle school English. And then I taught a year of high school English. And then I decided to do a transition. And I did two transitions at one time. Um, I don't necessarily recommend doing two major transitions, but it all worked out. I transitioned from the middle school level down to elementary And then I transitioned from being an English teacher to an English learner teacher, a language learner teacher, because I had got my master's in in language education. I added on that endorsement to my license, and I really wanted to go do this. And we ended up getting hired at the same school. And long story short, we ended up co-teaching together, and I co-taught with her um, third grade class, her first year in the classroom, and I co-taught both uh, reading and math. So I'm not just saying that I think she's a great educator based on like her resume or based on talking to her a few times. I'm talking about this is eyewitness accounts. (laughs) Uh, Like This is a good educator. So I brought her on here today because we've had some similar experiences. And we both have been in situations where we have transitioned to different schools. And this is a topic. This is not a new topic, but I think this is a topic we need to continue having conversations about. Because until we can start retaining teachers in the classroom, Um, We're going to keep having these issues and the issues affect our students. So can you talk a little bit about what actually gets teachers to walk out the door? or What has gotten you to say, hey, this is not a good fit or gotten you to transition from a school?
1: Yeah. So I think there's a variety of reasons why teachers might leave the classroom. So just based off my personal experience, the first time I left the classroom, it's basically because I felt very alone and I felt that the climate and culture of the school is pretty toxic. Um, so I was a brand new teacher. Um, I had a new team. I was really, I went in really excited. I felt like I was prepared, read my, you know, first six weeks of school. I was ready to go. But after some time, I felt like my team was really not supportive, um, of some of the things that I wanted to do. A lot of the things that they wanted to do was like, well, we've done this before, so this is how you should do it. And if you know me, that's nice, I will do that, but I also have some ideas and I think about my own specific classroom, what's best for them, what's gonna uh, work for their needs. So I didn't feel like they were really supportive of me as a new teacher and I felt really alone a lot of, um, a lot of the time. Um, and I also didn't feel like at the time the um, principal was respected very much by a lot of the staff. Um, I felt like I've seen a lot of blatant disrespect towards her, people just didn't seem happy to be there. Um, And having that around you, especially coming in as a new teacher, it's really tough. Um, And luckily, you know, I had one person on my team that I did feel like I can go to and relate to a little bit, but it was difficult to relate to this person because they had already been teaching for a while. So at the time when I was kind of deciding, like, I don't know if I really should say or if I am ready to go, um, the advice I was given was basically just kind of push through, work through it. And I had already felt like I'd done a year already and I pushed through it already, but I still I still didn't think it was going to be enough for me. Like I don't, I didn't feel like mentally I could just do it. Um, you know, I had you of course. Um, so you were a nice little bright spot in my day. I knew I could bounce ideas off of you, but I only had you for parts of the day. So I wasn't able to really have someone in, like feeling like I, like I had someone in my corner um, at all times. So I ultimately decided like, It was best for me to just leave um, for my own mental state. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was tough. Um, It's tough not only for me as a teacher. um, Mm -hmm. It was tough for the kids, too. And that's who I really worried about the most. Um, And I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. that's what happens when people think about quitting. You get guilt tripped. Um, It's kind of like, oh, well, you're leaving the students behind. You're giving up on them. I'm not giving up on them. That's not what it is, but I can't be a good enough teacher for them if I'm not doing what's best for me either. So that's ultimately why I ended up leaving. Um, The climate and culture of a school makes makes a big difference in how your teachers feel about staying there. You can be going through a rough patch, but if the climate and culture is fine, you you feel like there's some sense of hope. But if you feel like everyone there is really negative, um, you feel like you don't have that support that you need, then I mean you don't feel like you can stay so i think that it's important to do what you feel is best um and then just in addition to that just not feeling heard um teachers might leave for that reason um there were times like i said with my team at least i didn't feel like i was heard Um, and even when i talked to the principal at the time about why i wanted to leave um i explained it i explained some of my frustrations and then it was still like, okay, yeah, I, this is how I felt. Because I was like, okay, but what can I do to help you to get you to stay? And it, the thing is, you shouldn't be reactive now. You should be thinking about those things in general. Like, what can I do to make sure my teachers want to be here? That should be something you think in the forefront um, and not afterwards. When I'm already done, I'm spent, and I feel like I can't take it anymore. So that was my primary reason for leaving the first time. Um, and like I said, it was really rough because I had already built really good relationships with my kids. Um, it it was tough. I still tried to keep some communication going, even though I had left and went to a different school. Um, but ultimately, I also knew I had to kind of stop that because it wasn't going to be good for me or for them. So,
0: No, I, you know, we're talking about the same school. Um, it was interesting because for me, I had just came to that school and the school I was I had been there for five years. And the only reason I left that school was because I wanted to do something different. It wasn't that I was having issues at the school. And now there were, and I will I will say the school I left, I was the 14th educator that school year to leave. And there were more that left after me, but I didn't leave because of the principal or some of the reasons other people left. My right. sole reason and my principal knew this was I want to work with English learns. I want to try to be this type of teacher. I want to do that. So coming into the school that we were at and feeling like, oh, I'm going to do a new start, and then walking into this culture that was toxic. And granted, we weren't the only black teachers in the school, yeah. um, but it was a very toxic situation. I would agree that people did not respect the principal. They were blatant. Like, some of the things that people said at staff meetings back to the principal, I, just coming from the school I came from, was like, you would have been done. You would have been asked to leave. Like, you wouldn't even be allowed to even sit there. First of all, you wouldn't even got to the point where you open your mouth like that. But I'm just like, how? So if they're talking to you like that. They're gonna talk to other people like that. And it's just really toxic. And I think the the thing I regret the most is that the first year I was there, I highly thought about leaving that summer because you know I had an opportunity to go somewhere else. And then the principal's like, oh, it'll get better, just push through. And I'm like, you know what? I can do this. This is year that was my ninth year. I said I'm gonna go into year ten, I'm gonna stay and people started to leave and you were one of the people that left before I left. Um, And I remember, and I told you this, I remember the principal coming down to my office asking me what I could do to get you to stay. And I was, and she was in tears. And I was just like, this is the thing. And to me, it was jarring because my husband, when he left his first job, that he had left her for five years, they sent a black person down Mm -hmm. to his cubicle to convince him to stay and I'm like, see, this isn't the answer. You go get the black girl to go talk to the other black <laughs> lady to get uh-huh. her to stay. Like, you need to go fix the issues that got her in this situation where she's going to leave. And for me, you talked about, like, how I was, like, you're a bright spot. But when you left, I was like, dang, I ain't got time to call <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And you. Know what? And then one of the opportunities I had presented this up that summer, they were like, hey, are you still interested? Now it's just like, look. I'm going to leave. I think the hardest thing for me was leaving because I left in probably the, towards the middle of September. Yeah. I had never left a job during the school year. So that's the part that I felt real guilt about. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, my next opportunity was really good. And I had a great principal. The culture is great. And so for me, I'm like, would, would I have if I would have stayed just to tough it out for the quote unquote students? Would I have been a good educator? Would I have mm-hmm. brought this type of thing or would I have been putting up with all these type of situations? Um, Because some of the people that were difficult on your team, they weren't easy for me to work with. uh, Right. right. <laughs> and so we kind of started alluding to this. But what can admin do to get teachers to say what are real tangible things like. I'm um, speaking about that principal or any principal. What could a principal do to me fully get you to stay, or uh, if you're thinking about like going out the door?
1: I mean, the biggest thing for me is really to. I feel like first of all, principals need to know their staff, and not just the, and especially because I feel like when new teachers come in sometimes I feel like it's kind of like oh well they're new they don't really know and it's like that's when you need the most support to be honest like I should feel like there's some sort of trust to where I can come to you and I can express when I'm going through some sort of challenge with my team or whatever the case may be um, and need some sort of assistance but when you don't feel like there's that trust built or you don't feel like your principal listens to you that's when you just disconnect and you're just like you're doing you're kind of just doing what you. Want to do at that point? You do what you're supposed to, but you also are doing whatever you think is best, even though um, your principal should be there to kind of lead and guide you. Um, and then, yeah, you can rely on your team, but I really feel like a principal's job, part of a principal's job, in retaining those teachers is making sure they know what it is that their teachers need um, as well as to best support them. Um, and then another thing is, I also feel like it would be great if there was more. Um, leadership as far as like being able to show what it is that you want the school culture and climate to look like, be a part of that. Like, don't make it to be like, oh, this is what the teachers are supposed to do. Like, here's how you, you know, improve school culture and climate. Let's have all these discussions and PDs and whatever about culture and climate. And you're not really exhibiting those same things that you want the teachers to do. Um, so I feel like that's definitely something that's I think is easy to do, but maybe it's not. Um, because it's a whole mindset shift you kind of have, too, uh, because you might be thinking, well, no one else has complained about it. And that's also the thing. A lot of people don't voice their you know, opinions to their principals or certain things, it's just kind of like we have these conversations, side conversations as teachers, and it's not really vocalized to the principal. And they might be thinking they're doing fine, but it needs to be brought to their attention, too. Like when we have needs, like we need to be able to express that. But again, you can't do that. There's no trust. No, I think, and I think you brought up a good point
0: about the fact that sometimes people don't bring up how they're feeling, and right. we also forget that there are benefactors of toxic cultures. If mm-hmm. you're, the, if you're the teacher, you're the group of teachers that are creating this toxic culture. You benefit for the culture keeping staying that way because. What happens is the teachers are like, I don't have to live like this. I can get another job somewhere else. They leave the other teachers, they stay. And so the next cohort of people that come in to fill those roles, those people just keep going on. And so um, one of the things I would even add to it, like administrators have to deal with those people. You see a lot of administrators, is kind of like, well, they'll kind of talk to them or say, can you work a little bit better with so-and-so, but they don't really ever address the issue sure. um, that is causing people, uh, to walk out the door. And I was, and I agree with your point on trust and really getting to know Um, when I went to my next job after that school, uh, that's when my boys were in preschool. And one of my boys were having a lot of trouble. And so I had to be off of work and go to the school. And the principal was like, as long as you get this stuff done, don't worry about it. Because you do get some anxiety when you have personal issues. And you know it's going to affect like, you being at work or your job. You have fear that the principal is going to come after you. And the right. principal will know you good. And so even though that situation was hard trying to manage work and trying to manage what's going on with my kids, I didn't have the extra burden of the principal coming after me or the principal allowing colleagues to come after me or say things. Uh, now I was pretty transparent about the situation, too. So that made me feel, but the previous school, had that been going on, I don't think I would have gotten that support, um, which would have been hard. I know at mm-hmm. your next school, your next principal, uh, well, uh, was a woman of color. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you think that helps um, educators stay in the classroom, in particular, Black educators?
1: I mean, you definitely feel like you have someone you can relate to now. So even if you don't necessarily talk about those things explicitly, you kind of know, like, in the back of your mind, you're like, okay we're here. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, it's just kind of that comfort, feeling like you have some sort of uh, group to be a part of, or like you, yes, you might get along with your colleagues and you might create some other friendships, but it is nice to have another person of color that you can go to that can relate to some of the issues that you might be going through. But some of the problems that you might also, uh, that you could face is that they might be numb to some of those issues that you might be facing too. So it might just be, it could be another thing where it's like, No, I understand. I've I've had that experience too. And it's like, we relate that way, but it's like, yeah, but what do I do besides just get over it or just keep doing me? So that's another thing that we have to talk about is, okay, how do we not, how do we vocalize to other people? Like this is an issue and it's not necessarily my issue. It's your issue too, because it's not only affecting us working together as a staff, but it's affecting how you're reaching our kids too. No, that's that's a really good
0: point because I've my career has been pretty diverse. I've had um, two principals um, who were of color but um, weren't black. And then I had two principals that were black. And then the rest of my principals were white. So I've had principals from different cultures and different backgrounds. When I've had principals who are from different backgrounds, I will say that I felt that um, there was an importance on students being seen in the curriculum and things like that. But what you just said about like, it's kind of like toughen up, kid, you know, <laughs> you, uh-huh. you got to push through it or, you know, get better. Well, so and so's like that. And I think a lot of time we feel like if if I'm black and my principal is black, you know, they're going to make sure I don't have these experiences. And sometimes they ignore the problems just like the white administrator did. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, they may let you vent to them about the situation They you may even say, yeah, I've been there, done that. But sometimes it's almost like, like, well, look at where I am now. I made it to the top. I made right. it to the role. So if you just keep pushing, you know, if you want to do this too, you know, you can keep making it. And I'm just like, no, I, I need you to actually do things. So thinking about um, staying on the track about, like, black teachers, what do districts need to do to recruit and retain black teachers? Because it seems like some districts are able to recruit, but then the retention part just kind of falls apart.
1: Um, I think one thing is to, I think a lot, I think at this point, a lot of people know, like schools are trying to recruit more teachers of color. So like, it's very apparent, but the issue that I feel like students our teachers of color when they come in that they're running into is that the staff, once they get there, they're not necess- it's not necessarily saying that they're racist. Cause that's what I feel like. A lot of people think people are saying like, Oh, I'm not racist. I never said you were calm down <laughs> but it's that they're not really prepared for that change really like they don't know how to adjust to these new teachers of color coming in how to support them or knowing what it is that they need and sometimes like I will say like my first two to three years or so two yeah two to three years I was for I was okay with just being like the main one I guess really um but at times, like, you definitely feel like you need to have some sort of group to rely on, like, or that you can at least just go and vent to. I don't feel like in the district I was in that they were like, I didn't really know any of the other teachers of color. Like, with me being out of the classroom a little bit now, like, I feel like I'm just now starting to navigate through and, like, see, like, oh, there are a lot more of us out there. I had no idea. Nobody told me. So the only time I would run into them or see them is when it was, like, some – um cultural responsive training or some sort of diversity initiative and there's nothing wrong with that but at the same time that shouldn't be the first time i'm really seeing or talking to these people um, you know we could utilize each other like i mean think about what would happen if we collectively had a group where we could go to like even if it was just maybe some like thing on friday the fridays that we did where we met up or whatever and i guess you know districts might assume that we would do that ourselves but Not necessarily. We're not necessarily. We're not always thinking, you know, to do that. So it'd be nice if we had some sort of group because from that group you could ease. We could easily talk about some of the issues we're facing and how to tackle those, and it would come. It would come naturally as opposed to us trying to force everybody together. Let's talk about how we can, you know, retain teachers. How what can we do to reach our students and, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, So yeah, I mean, I feel like having some sort of group would definitely be helpful. Uh, it's kind of like mentorship um, a little mm-hmm. bit within those groups because you would
0: have educators of different uh, levels of experience. But I, something that you said really stood out to me. You said the first time we see each other shouldn't be on some cultural responses committee.
1: Yeah,
0: And a lot of times when I was in districts, even the district we're talking about, I would choose to be on a committee and then I would look around and like I'm one of the few people that look like me. And so a lot of times district will approach you to be on like a cultural responsive committee. They'll even ask you to give the presentation, you know, but when it comes to using my expertise, maybe in my subject area, um, you don't get sought out. It's more like, Oh, can I join this committee? Or they open it up. Mm -hmm. But when they notice that not all groups of teachers are represented in the district, the district doesn't make an extra effort to go out and say, Hey, I don't know, we got 30 black teachers in the district and there's only one black teacher on the math committee. And mm-hmm. if we five those teachers to teach math, we need to reach out to make sure we are having all these voices heard. Thank and you. If the district didn't do a group, like you said, at least that would be a way that I could connect because I would go to these committees. That would be, oh, hey, Shanta, can I get your email address? So I'm exchanging information just naturally because I'm in proximity to these people. So if I was in proximity to people that look like me, I would do the same thing I would do if the room was full of white teachers. I would exchange my information, say, hey, maybe we should hook up or have coffee or something. So I really think the district either A, has to be intentional about putting these groups into place. And B, the groups they already have in the place, they have to be intentional about making sure the groups represented in the district are a part of those groups, because a lot of those things could happen naturally. But with the school days, like, bam, bam, I got to do this, this and this, right. and this. So you may not even have the energy or the bandwidth to be like, let me see if there's any black teachers that teach English <laughs> in the district so I can go talk to them. Like, right. Don't uh, <laughs> have uh, the time. The time for that. So I think that's one of the things that uh, we really need to do. But you talked about taking a break from the classroom. So the next school you went to, um, some people know it happened to be the school that my sons go to. And um, I was sad that you left the school that we were at, because, like I said, I didn't have that person to also talk to. Because even though you were fresh out of college, I remember when they introduced you, they talked about how your face was on like the IU (laughs) brochure. And I'm like, okay. I oh, must be doing something. Let me pay attention. Right. <laughs> but when you were been, when you've been teaching at that time, that was my ninth year in education. It was nice to have a, 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 a breath of fresh air of someone who just came out of school, had these new ideas. I'm like, oh, maybe I should try that. Oh, look at how she did it this way. So it even like re-energized me to think about what I was doing in a different way. So not having that, but I was sad. <laughs> so I because I'm like, oh, it's my kid's school. Well, my kids weren't, they were only in preschool at this time. But I was also sad because end up taking a break from education like I'm gonna tell y'all I put this on work and not and it was really <laughs> selfish like you had the one thing like I think this is an excellent teacher this person is my friend but like I was out there in a portable I was helping with the, getting the classroom library yeah, you did you did email okay she said we gotta do this what do you think about this I said well just answer it like this you know talking talking and, and I'm like and then she's like well Shoutout thing, I'm like no, because I haven't had you yet. You, you can't leave. Like this whole, like you don't understand. When they get to this grade, they're gonna be in your class. Like yeah. you just got shot, but it's okay because, like you said, you're you are my you are friend. So I have to respect the fact you gotta take care of yourself. So talk about leaving education for a bit and like leaving the classroom, what are like the benefits to that? Because there are teachers who feel like I need to take a break for a minute and maybe come back. And then what are like the cons to like walking away and
1: taking a break? Yeah. So as far as taking a break, it was a little scary at first because I was, well actually, no, it wasn't. So let me, okay, let me just kind of go through this. So at first when I left, I was at, my I was I had reached my threshold I was over it I did not want to teach anymore I didn't care I was just over it I was spent I felt like I had like with me in the classroom and I'm just speaking for myself like I go all in like for my kids I might not always be best at responding to emails but not with parents with parents yes but with like teachers stuff like I am all in it for my kids doing what's best for them that's just where my headspace is and I make myself indisposable to parents. So it's like 24 seven, I was, you know, I didn't mind if I got a dojo message, I was going to answer it. I didn't mind if I got an email in the middle of the school day. Let me try to pick like, okay, let me check to make sure something's, you know, everything's okay. You know, I made sure after school, if I needed to, I would stay, you know, doing whatever I needed to do for them. And after some time, it got really draining doing that same thing year after year after year. It was just like, I reached my wit's end because I had a particular parent who pushed me farther than I ever expected a parent really would. And emotionally, it was so draining to me. I was at the point and I had never done that before. So it was really weird that I allowed someone to get me that far. But I was at a point where it's like I literally just could not take it. I was like, I can do less work and go make more money teaching somewhere or doing not teaching, but working somewhere else. Maybe I'm not meant to be a teacher. I don't I'm not really good at this. You know, I second guess myself about everything. And I just spiraled. Um, In addition to just other things going on that school year, it was just really stressful. Plus planning a wedding like I was over it. So done. So then, you know, I leave and I think the grass is about to be greener and it turns out it's really not because everything that I did, I literally related it right back to teaching. Like my mindset is literally just in teacher mode all the time. Like when I see kids in the store and they're acting up, like give them that stare, you know, like there's just different things that I just realized like that's, I'm meant to be in the classroom. Like I feel the most fulfilled in the classroom. Now other people probably knew that about me, especially like my close friends, especially my close teacher friends. They're like, okay, you can take a break, but you sure? And I was sure at the time, but obviously I was wrong. So I am glad that I took a break because it allowed me to really get back to what it is that I love and making sure that um I'm more cognizant now of my teacher burnout. I know where my threshold is. I know what it is that I need to do to take care of myself better. Uh, mentally, and I think it really did take for me to leave for me to get that because otherwise, I would still be at school till midnight and beyond, and then go back to school the next day and act like nothing ever happened and just kept going and running off caffeine and been fine. Uh, but that's not healthy. Um, and I think sometimes we forget as teachers to take care of ourselves, um, and that's exactly what I was doing. So, that was a pro of me leaving, let alone just me, like I said, kind of figuring out my own self. Um, and then the con, the biggest con is coming back in. Like, I, yes, I've been paying attention and uh, to some of the changes that are happening, but like, there's a lot, like when you leave for a school year, let alone two, there's a lot wow. of different changes that happen. So you catching up with curriculum, the different discussions that are happening, what are the big changes? I mean, now you got this pandemic going on. It's like trying to juggle and figure out where every, what you know, mm-hmm. what's going on with everything. Um, So like I kind of get my little teacher kick when I'm doing my tutoring session. So I tutor K through five right now with reading and math. Um, And so I'm working on doing some interventions with a lot of those kids to kind of get them back where they need to be academically, filling in some gaps. So that's nice because I'm able to talk to parents from other school districts and at least kind of know what they're doing. But, um, you know, you can stay in touch as much as you can, but it's just so much like in districts all over of course you know change and are doing different things so that's the biggest con is making sure you're keeping up with the different changes no i agree
0: i haven't ever left the classroom for like a a extended period of time minus my uh, unexpected crazy maternity leave that just went um, involved me being in a hospital for four months so that was not planned (laughs) but even with that coming back from that uh, unexpected extended leave and then switching schools I would say some of the pros is like, if it was toxic, you left that toxicity behind. Right. Some of the cons are that some of the issues are at every school. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out like, I have to get a plan. I think that's my biggest frustration when there's issues and the principal or the administrator doesn't help you because like, this is an issue. Like if I go somewhere else, I have to have the skills in my uh, toolkit to be able to deal with this. Um, how do I respond? Even if you respond appropriately, so you something still may not go well. So I think and then the, the other problem would be like you get to set up your new norms. Right. Mm-hmm. So like even with my current job, I walked into my current job. And one of the things I had to tell people is like, I don't have email on my phone. And I actually took a work email off of my phone. Who When was that? Back in 2014. 15, it was a minute ago. So it's been about five years. So I said, if you expect to send me an email and you think I'm going to read it on my cell phone because my cell phone's in my pocket, no. Mm-hmm. I will respond to emails when I'm on my computer. When I go home, I'm mom, I'm wife. I will check my emails once or twice before I go to bed and I'm done. And so even setting those boundaries in place and even little things like I don't argue or debate an email i'll send you one email back talk to me in person so a mm-hmm. lot of i had to learn from other ministers, and i got myself mentors outside of my school that's essentially what i had to end up doing because first of all trust is an issue i've yeah. had situations where i thought i could trust a colleague and they sure uh threw me under the bus or I said well Shantae said this i'm like that's not i confided in you because i needed to get this off my chest I wasn't going to do anything. I was just saying I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And I you know, told somebody. So it makes you feel like you can't talk to somebody. So I got mentors outside of the school just to help me. And that was one of the tips they gave me. Um, so I think that's uh, really important. So we're talking about like leaving your job. Do you think teachers should be resigning right now during this coronavirus pandemic? Is this the time if you're having all these issues we've been talking about? Is this the time to worry about yourself and, and be selfish?
1: I mean, I don't think it's selfish. That's the thing too. It's like, is it selfish to take care of yourself? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So I feel like that's a question that each, it's gonna be different for each teacher that's kind of going through that. So, I mean, if you really feel like right now you cannot take it and it could be because of the changes, then do what you think is best. So I don't necessarily want to say yes or no, um, because I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what their school, you know, culture and climate's like. I don't know what it is that they're going through. Because it it could be something personal that's kind of spilling over into their work life. But just like I said before, do what is best for you. So if you feel like mentally you can't take it or emotionally or whatever the case may be, then yes, leave. But I don't necessarily um, think that it's completely the right thing to do either. Just because, I mean, we're all creating a new normal. Like no one really knows what they're doing. Kids need stability more now than ever. Um, with all the changes happening. So if they're already changing their new normal from school, their parent is now like their school teacher for the most part, like at least at home. And then it's like you are leaving and now they're kind of in limbo again, like they already are spiraling. So again, I worry about that, but you have to also think about what's best for yourself. So
0: And and I'm trying to like you, I don't have an answer because I think about, I think about the teachers I've been talking to because I talked to teachers here in Indy and then I talked to teachers across the United States and even abroad. And everybody has a different story. So based on hearing that person's story, I'm like, and I always try to be careful about giving people advice on what to do because Mm -hmm. I don't want to say, well, Shantae Shantae told me i all messed (laughs) up. I I would say it was like, if I were in that situation, that would be challenging for me to continue. However you have to do what's best for you. But Mm -hmm. when I, some of these teachers' story. I'm like, I couldn't take that. I would leave if I was in that situation. So I hear the other side. But I'm also practical, like my mom and dad. Don't leave a job if you don't got another job. So I also think if your back's against the wall, um, you want to put yourself in a situation where you're able to be hired somewhere else. And I know we are talking about like why teachers leave the classroom and how to get them to stay. Um, Do you have any suggestions for what teachers should do if they're on the fence right now and they don't want to leave because of all the issues we talked about with kids maybe falling behind? Like how what should you what should you do if you're in a situation? And It may not just be the coronavirus pandemic. You're in a situation where you're truly on the fence about should I leave or should I stay? What ownership or responsibility is it on the teacher to try to do something about it? And then what could or should they do?
1: Um, figure out what it is that you want to do next. Uh, so do your own research. Um, cause I mean, you never know, maybe it could be that you go back to school for some reason. Maybe it is, maybe it's that you figure out where another school is that might be better for you. Or maybe there's a whole another trajectory for you. Like maybe instead of being a teacher, you should be a coach somewhere else. Um, so just figure that out first before you quit. Um, it took for me to leave to figure that out. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's, really up to you as far as like how your circumstances are um so if you're able to leave and kind of take that time to really explore I encourage it but if you're not take your time there's no there's not necessarily a rush unless you feel like you absolutely cannot take it and you need to leave um but yeah have that situated first before you just kind of jump ship and
0: yeah they put some supports in place, such as taking care of yourself. I mean, some of the things I had to do when I became a literacy coach, which was the next job after I left the school we were at, I was like, I want to talk about literacy. This is going to be great. I'm going to get them on fire. We're going to move this data. And then I found out like one third of my job as literacy coach. One third was like, oh, you can't manage a classroom. That's why you can't teach. And the other third was like life coach, right? It was like, helping people. And and then it's that fine line. It's like when you're in conversation with parents and you can't say like a kid needs to be on medicine. You can't say, go to the doctor, but you would say, these are your options. So I right. found myself in the situation where I was like, you know, it's okay, you know, to take care of yourself, whether that is going to a doctor um, for your physical health or looking into like mental health services. I found myself saying that a lot. And I know we are so big right now on, SEL and social emotional learning. But I think the biggest player in the game that we miss are teachers. You're Mm -hmm. having teachers give these lessons, and you have teachers who are a hot mess and they are a wreck emotionally. And so sometimes, and of course, this is my opinion, sometimes teachers want to quit, but it's like, I feel like you would take care of yourself. Maybe you actually could stay. And so maybe the, the issue isn't so much the school, it's maybe like, I think my teachers I know they were going through divorces. Um, I had a teacher that was fighting with her grown kid. I mm-hmm. had a teacher whose kid was having trouble at school and all those worries were showing up at work. So she's mm-hmm. doing fine otherwise, but that personal stuff, was like seeping over to work and they weren't dealing with or addressing it. And when you get to the, and even to the point of like other people are like, I don't even see why this person having problems. So it wasn't, and then there's other schools where you're like, like well, everybody's having problems. This culture is toxic. This person is doing this as if someone else. So I do agree that you have to figure out what you want to do. And I've done a few different roles in education. And anytime I've switched roles, I have to figure out like, do I want to do this? When I decided to be at a school administrator this school year, I'm like, Do I really want to do this? What are the pros and cons is? Do I want to keep doing this? Like right now I have a goal and I'm not saying nothing on this that my principal doesn't know because sometimes I say something like, do the people at your school know? Yes, they know. (laughs) And I'll be completely honest. I said this up in my, the interview. So this is like, They knew this up front. I said, I want to try this for two solid school years and then see if I want to continue on this. But I feel like I need to at least give it uh, two school years of a good faith effort to see if this is what I want to do. And right now I'm at the point and this and daggone it, this pandemic happened. So I feel like this is not a good solid school year year. (laughs) to really uh, make a decision on. And I know I said two school years. But it's like there's a lot of pros and things I really like. And there are some things that are hard. And then it gets even harder when, like, you don't have that support. Like, I love my school. I like working there. But I I still sometimes feel like I'm – I work at the school, but I'm going to be part of the school, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I have felt that before. And it's not like a pro, a positive or a negative against the school. It's sometimes you feel like I'm not I need to mesh myself more into the culture. I need to get mesh more into the school. And so that's one of the things I'm working on just this, this school year. But I also feel like that could be more of a me thing and not necessarily the school thing. So, yeah, I think there's some accountability that you have to have on your part of like, is it the school or is it me? Um, So what, so you talked about being out of the classroom for a couple of school years. What type of things are you taking with you as you go back into the school um, system um, to help you avoid being in a situation where you feel like I have hit this wall of being burned
1: out? Yeah. So I think, again, like I said, like I know what my threshold is now. Um, I know that I need to definitely not make myself available 24 seven. Um, you know, you can send the messages 24 seven. That doesn't mean I'm going to respond right away just because you sent it and you want me to. Um, so there's that. Um, I think I'm going to do a better job of ba- And the thing is, okay, let me go back a little bit. The reason why I also made myself available that way and why I'm not going to do it again is because I, again, guilt tripped myself because I'm young. I, you know, I just got married, but we don't have kids or anything. So I'm like, I should be at your disposal. Like that, that just makes sense. I should give you my time. This is what I love to do. Let me do it. But I know that that's not healthy for me. I know that's what sent me spiraling um, part of the way. I also know that um, as far as uh, what I need to do, as far as making change within a toxic climate culture, I definitely feel like I need to do a better job of speaking up. So I might have conversations on the side with some peers or people that I get really close to, which I'm really private. If people, if you know me, um, I'm really private. So I don't like to disclose too much. So I keep a lot of my opinions to myself unless it's something where I feel like, OK, no, I can't do this. This is not right for me. This is not right for kids. This is just not right. We're not doing it or I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> I do think I need to do better about being more vocal. And that's something, especially with me going to a leadership role now, like I have to do that. So I want to make sure that I'm um, definitely listening to the staff more Um, if they don't feel like they're being heard. Like, I want to be that person because I've been in their shoes before. Like, I know it's easier said than done, but that's something I want to be conscious of as well. Um, It's just making sure, like, okay, I'm here to help you get better. And here, here are some ways I think you can grow. Um, But I also want to help strengthen some of the areas that they're already doing well in. And then just personally, like you said, they're going to be people that are probably going to come and just talk to me because they might, you know, start to get comfortable with me and they might just end up talking about things. that I'm like, okay, you know, but just hearing them out. People at you know, when you're at school, we're going through so many different things. So I think it's going to be definitely important for me to make sure I'm listening to um, other people. Um, but also making sure I'm like, okay, this is all the time that I have to give you. As far as you telling me everything and anything under the sun, so um, just taking time for myself um, is going to be important. So, I like listening.
0: And not add on to that, um, even taking action because. I know right now, sometimes I feel like a middle management in my job because like I have some say in some situations and then like I don't have say. And so a lot of times I'm And even when I was a literacy coach, you very much feel like you're middle management mm-hmm. you know, the wants you to get this job done. How do you get this done and make teachers happy and make them feel valued, but also kind of meet what the principal wants? So I very much feel like that. But I also think you need those people to speak up. I was speaking to another administrator this week and we talked about how the best teams we've both been on are teams where people speak up. They feel mm-hmm. safe that they can speak up and then changes happen because they speak up and it's not a yes team or a yes board. And I think this, the schools where I have been unable to thrive are the schools that want me to be a yes uh, yes lady. And I just, like, there's a part of me, like, I always say to myself, Shantae, is just a hill you want to die on. Like, this is the conversation I have for <laughs> Because I know, I know me. I know if I decide this is the hill I'm going to die for, I'm going to die. on. I'm going to go hard for it. So there are days where I decide, like, do I speak up about this? If I do, what are the potential consequences? And I think that's the thing that frustrates me the most. And I think that's why teachers leave the classroom or leave a school, because you're like, why do I have to keep rationalizing this stuff? Why mm-hmm. do I have to choose whether I like if I'm the only black person on a committee or in the room and I want to speak up about the black kids? The first thing I think about, oh, well, Shante's saying that because she's black and she's just going to get this perspective because she used to be a black kid. You know, like and it, it's so frustrating. And then you get frustrated. Like, like, why am I the black person, the one that has to say this about the black kids? You white teachers who are also teaching black kids. Why aren't you speaking up? And so those are the places where like if I'm in a school and I speak up and say those things and people are making side comments about it the principal squashes it and they'll they'll don't allow that stuff to happen and say, no, when we have these meetings at the school, at at this meeting, it stays here. We're not doing text message change. We're not doing this stuff. That makes me feel emotionally safe. And I have to feel, and I'm, you know me, I am not a very, like, I'm not a crier, (laughs) (laughs) but I still want to feel like safe because you get to a point where you're just choking down frustration. You're choking down anger. And like, I had a relative who good, good relative, but the relative got to a point where they swung a piece of wood at someone and the person was saying some stuff that was like racist and inappropriate. And that person didn't get fired, but they got put in a situation where they had to resign. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me like not just because that person is my relative and that's in my blood, the fight or nothing <laughs> like that. But there's a part of me that's like, if I stay in this situation while I lay hands on somebody. <laughs>
1: i not like, do it. Oh,
0: <laughs> I, I think to myself you like i say no shanta you won't do that you're not going to go to jail like you say all this stuff but there are things that we all have done in our life that we regret that we thought we would have never done and so when you when teachers start feeling like i may do something out of pocket that i would have never done before i walk out the door and so when i think about what people can do to get teachers to stay in the classroom like are you listening to them? Are you helping them? If you can't help them, are you pushing them to resources? Like I cannot be your therapist. I had to make that really clear. Like we're today we're talking about literacy. We're talking about um, theme today. because Your kids weren't any theme. I, I can't talk about this. However, here are some, you know, these are some district resources for mental health that, you know, this is provided free, this hotline. And, so, and sometimes districts have those stuff. So a lot of times I think schools have to get better about these are the resources here's the resources and getting you to kind of share that resource. And then I would say, circle back. If Mm -hmm. I sent you off on a resource or I said, Hey, like, I know a a couple of teachers I've had uh, who all were mad at me at the time who are all okay. Like I, uh, one teacher I turned in for coming to work, sick, like sick, sick. I'm like, you need to go home. And the teacher Mm -hmm. was pissed. And, but when the teacher went home, the teacher was like, I'm so glad you made me go home because like, I would have never gotten better coming into work like that. And you need people that's going to take care of you because there's a fear. There's a real fear in some schools. Like if I take off, if I do this, if I say this, there's going to be a consequence because like the school is fear driven. It's driven by fear of the principal, fear of getting written up, fear of getting non-renewed, fear of negative stuff being in your evaluation. Um, So thinking about that, thinking about coaching, can you talk about any type of coaching or mentorship that you received um, in your career that you felt that was helpful that it would help teachers stay in the classroom?
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing for me, um, my supervising teacher, actually, is the person that I talk to the most about things that I'm going through ed So, like, I obviously that was in 2014, I believe, yeah, when I did student teaching with her. Um, but she's probably one of the most amazing teachers like I've ever seen. Like that's who I basically emulate when I'm teaching. Like I think about all the things she had me do when I was her student teacher and just the way she, like, she just could think on the spot with anything. Like it was, it was great. So as far as the advice that I get from her, like she, she has told me time and time again to speak up. Like she's very vocal at her school. Um, And they all respect her for that. With me, it's not that I had um, some sort of, um, it's not like I was told. I think people did want me to speak up. Like, I do think admin wanted me to say more. I just muted myself. And the reason why I did that and why Mm -hmm. I'm so frustrated is because I didn't feel like teachers were going to listen or a lot of those teachers were stuck in their old ways. And that was frustrating for me to see. And then I get some of those kids who had gone through that same cycle over and over again, and then me trying to love up on them and get them to trust and love school and change all these and undo all these things. It was frustrating. So it's just like, I'm just going to do what I need to do in my classroom, as opposed to, you know, me being vocal and saying, hey, we really need to do this. So yes, like, there were times that my principal did push me out of my comfort zone. And I did appreciate that, even though I was mad in the moment, um, like putting me on the cultural responsive team. i like, you only put me on here cause I'm black. Like, <laughs> you know, and even though that may have some truth to it, she also knew that there were things that were valuable that I could add, or she knew that there were things that I was doing in my classroom that I could have said. And I didn't, I had, I shut myself off in a box. Like what magic happens in my classroom is going to stay in my classroom. And so But I would always tell my mentor teacher or my supervisor, my old supervisor teacher, whatever you want to call her. um, She always advocated for me to like say something diamond. It's okay to share. It's okay to do this. It's okay, And I just didn't. So that's something that I definitely want to make sure that I allow the teachers I'm going to work with to do is make sure that they do share or kind of push them out of that comfort zone to share because I know how valuable it can be. Like even doing this right now, like I normally wouldn't disclose anything. <laughs> so this Ooh. is a lot for me, but I know that it's good because it's going to help somebody else. So I would do the same thing with the teachers that I'd be working with, and it's nice because the group of teachers that I'm actually going to be working with are all new teachers. So they'll be first years.
0: No, you are hitting something on the because I remember when you told <laughs> me on a committee, you were not happy. I was not. I was like, that's just not uh, black. Like. I, mean, I know it. <laughs> I was doing my thing while I was letting you vent, and I remember saying something, but you're doing some stuff that those other teachers need to be doing. And I said that, and you were like, well, well, and I said, well, no, I said, there's a reason that you're on this committee outside of just being black. There's things that are happening. Like, I think about when I was co-teaching with you, I would go co-teach with other people. You were the class I was excited to go in and co-teach. Other classes, either A, they didn't really want me talking in the classroom, which is not co-teaching, right? Just take those kids out of class. You like, come on, come on in, right? (laughs) Please. (laughs) I'm in there. You have you let me right on the board. And this is little things. You let me round the board. You let me talk. And there were classrooms I was in. They wouldn't even want me to talk. If I even whisper to a kid, oh can you can you take them back to your room because you being too loud? I'm I'm over here whispering because the kid don't have no clue what you're talking about. And I, I like what you said, like having a principal that pushed you. Because I think about if you have a black principal, and are and they the only at first at our my son's school. I'm like, oh, black principal. There's um, uh, there's a black assistant principal. That was before uh, my kids went there, and then I'm like, oh man, the black <laughs> assistant principal went. I know she went to be closer to her home, um, but you feel like oh maybe these things will happen and maybe these things will be lifted up but it's hard to do it by yourself because i am so involved as a parent i remember little things that the principal changed that i was like why are people mad about it well you know they used to do the chinese festival but now it's you know all this multiculturalism and i'm you know at different people's houses in the community like white parents and things and i'm just like Me as a black parent, I'm like, yes, we're doing some things like I remember my son's coming home talking about, oh, we had these African dancers at school. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited about those things. But I also know like a principal can't do that alone. They need other teachers to speak up. And so you have a black principal who is pushing you to speak up and they are protecting you from other people who may be resistant. I think that is a way to keep black teachers in the classroom, but you have to give more black administrators. I think that's one of the things we haven't really, I mean, we've been talking about having a black principal, but I think that's important because like right now, my current principal is biracial. She's half black and half white, but everybody else on the ad, I'm the only other, I'm the only person that identifies like as black on the admin team. And so sometimes I get nervous. I, I get nervous about little things. I get nervous about interviewing candidates. I said, what if I'm the only person that has this viewpoint and no one else has it? Or what if I bring in a diverse candidate and they can't see the potential like I can see? And I worry about that. And those are the things I wouldn't have to worry about if I was in a situation. I think about when I was a librarian, I was the only black one in the district. When I was a, a EL teacher, I was the only black one in the district. Um, there's been a couple of schools where I worked. There, I was the only black English teacher in the school. And it's like exhausting when you're the only person. So I was like, we were in a situation where the school didn't just hire one black person. Mm-hmm. So that was great. So I was like, well, that's the solution. No, just hire one. Be intentional. But because these black folks... <laughs> <laughs> and we get all these black folks together you have to make it a, a situation in with um where they can thrive and then i mean you know this some people were just like oh i remember i got accused of my schedule of putting you in my schedule more because you were black and i wanted to work with you now first of all you being black had nothing to do with it i wanted right. to you could you were teaching. But the fact that I had to pull out the data of the kids in your classroom to show people that my time should be in your room versus these other classrooms because they didn't have the need. Those mm-hmm. were the things where I felt like I shouldn't have had to have that conversation. That's when the principal's like, no, I hired Shantae because of her expertise. Shantae knows what she's doing. I trust her to look at data and manage her time appropriately. And if I have a problem with what Shantae's doing, I will address it. You don't need to address it. And so it's those little things where if you're in schools and you don't feel protected and you feel like people can say whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever question your intelligence question, if you're just on affirmative action hire and nothing is ever done about it. It's just so, so exhausting. And you're just like. Chuck the deuce. I'm out. Let me go somewhere else. The grass may not be greener, but at least I can start from scratch right. and try to push through. I'm at this other school. I know our time is uh, starting to wrap up. Do you have any final thoughts uh, that you want to say about this topic of why teachers leave
1: the classroom and how to get them to stay? Um. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely, like I've been kind of repeating, take care of yourself first. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to leave, but doesn't necessarily mean you have to stay either. Um, I want teachers to know that they do have options. I feel like that's something we don't discuss enough is that you have an option. Um, so don't feel like, especially if you're someone that's like, you're really not feeling it or you're resistant to the changes, like, and it's not for you, you can go. Like, <laughs> it's okay. But at the same time, take time for yourself. Know what it is that you want, what it is that um, you kind of want to fulfill from, or how you get fulfilled from teaching. Um, the take care of yourself so yeah no
0: i definitely agree with the whole take care of yourself and then sometimes it's not even the school you just are not a match for that school right maybe the school has an initiative that you're not if they're into uh right now and they're like i don't really you know i don't like this stem initiative they're doing i don't want to incorporate science into my reading lessons then maybe you need to go to their school because they're not going to yeah. stop Doing that because that's the initiative, and granted, every school has their initiative, so you better figure out one you like and just get with it, but mm-hmm. maybe you do need to go uh somewhere else, and also just like reaching out I say you have to have like friends or like a close uh network, so for me, one of the things I had to do was. Because I have a hard time trusting people I work with, that is something I struggle with. And people know that. I always have people outside of work I trust that I I talk to because I have a hard time. I've been, I don't want to say betrayed, but that kind of like what it feels like. I've been betrayed so many times that I'm like, you you don't care about me. Like, you're just, or they're trying to, quote unquote, get ahead. So I'm Mm -hmm. very quote my current principal I said you will never hear me um having drama or issue because I'm just not going to say anything if they're going to be acting like that and I said they'll never be able to say Shantae said this because I'm not having that. and like I have filtered conversations with people and I want to get to a place where I don't feel like I have to do that but I also have I've become a realist like education is the way it is and I have to protect myself also trying to be part of change so there are, I mean there's stuff I speak up about um, all the time even if I'm the lone person and people at my school can attest to that <laughs> um, so I still speak up but I also manage my personal relationships at work um, just to really keep them professional until I get to a point where I feel like oh I can really uh, trust you I know you do tutoring and uh, this is gonna be a huge plug um, yeah. I don't recommend anybody unless I feel strongly about it and this lady right here tutors my own children. So, if I if I let this person tutor my children, I'm telling you, is on the up and up. And, and I will tell you, she did a better job of teaching division to my children than I did. <laughs> and, well, first of all, he's dividing without crying now. So, um, mommy, little we tears crying. Anger, ball the papers, and then we get on uh, to Zoom with Miss uh, Mrs. Malone Gilbert. And uh, <laughs> so funny because my husband said he came skipping out of the room. Well I'm like, where are you going? Well I'm like, I know you. So talk, can you talk a little bit about the tutoring services you, know, you offer and maybe how much and how much it costs?
1: Yeah, so right now I'm tutoring K through five students. It could be from anywhere, it doesn't matter, um, doing reading and math. Um As far as what I've been working with most of my kids, it's been interventions, um, or just kind of filling in some of those gaps, like I said before. So I've been doing a lot of phonics, going back over that and doing some phonemic awareness things. Uh, We've been doing some read-alouds, but anything you need, I can definitely customize for you and kind of work it out with you. Um, I only charge 15 an hour. Um, I uh, um, I do recommend at least a one hour session, um, but most of the people that I've been working with do at least two to three hours per week. So that might be three days or two days. It might be two hours and another day. It's just one hour. Um, but whatever you need, I'm here.
0: Yes, yeah. and I would say it. Um, it's been high quality. I've, and and what I like because what I failed to do because like you guys know everything I've talked about: library, English language learner, uh, <laughs> English teacher. That's all literacy based. Now, I did co-teach with Diamond with math so I can do math, but I wasn't trained in how to maybe speak about math in a way that I can speak about literacy. So when he, when my sons, both of them I worked with her, they were able to come back and articulate and explain. And I wasn't doing a good job of getting them to explain the math. So for me, I was like, okay. This is this is working. So I, I strongly recommend. I feel like the rate is reasonable um, and she got all kinds of stuff. Like he was like, oh, there's like a little Lego thing that popped up. Well, I mean, it's interactive. He was on site and I was like, man, you're doing you're doing all this stuff. But uh, I highly recommend it. So uh, Diamond, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Yes. Really appreciate you being willing because I know I pulled you way out of your comfort zone today. You did, but I
1: appreciate it. Growth, that's what we're looking for. But
0: um, <laughs> I will say, one of my mentors that's older than me, um, one of the things that's kind of released me for a lot of stuff is being more transparent and telling my story. Mm-hmm. And the more I've told my story, the more I hear, like, you said this, like, I said only one time and it got a lady to move across state to take this teaching job. Now, I didn't tell nobody to move, but she was saying what you were saying about looking out for yourself made me do this. And so mm-hmm. you just never know how sharing your story will someone. someone's. I'm hoping I, don't, I already know. I know that people are going to listen to this and going to be inspired to figure out like. Um, if they should stay or if they should go. And I hope administrators are listening to this and really uh, taking to consideration some of the things that we talked about that makes it difficult for educators to stay, especially black educators. So, guys, thanks for tuning in and we'll chat with you later.